0: Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Science, the show that breaks down the science of television and movies with a comedian and a scientist. Today we're discussing Sharknado. So I'll ask about tornadoes, global warming, and how to properly chainsaw your way out of a shark's stomach. But first, a short word from our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: The
0: good, the bad and the it's a fish of movies,
1: comedians and
0: scientists it's good, the bad, and the Hi everyone, I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I've got two wonderful guests joining me today. Our first is an actress and an improviser hailing from Portland, Oregon. Welcome to the show, Hannah Garces. Hi. Hi, did I say your name right?
1: Yeah, you did. I'm I that I'm in shock. And wow,
0: I forgot to ask pre-show, and I just took a risk.
1: No, you you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Thank okay, you.
0: well, yeah, thanks for being here and for watching Sharknado on my behalf. Uh, for the first time, I also had never seen it, so it's comforting to know that we went through this sort of together.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a, a bonding experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Never forget it. <laughs> and I think you're going to have a good time speaking with our second guest. Do you mind if I introduce him?
1: Please.
0: Okay, our second guest is an interdisciplinary marine conservation biologist. (gasps) Welcome to the show, Dr. David Schiffman.
2: Thanks for having me
0: thrilled to have you here i have had a ball this morning looking uh looking up information on you it seems that Uh you are yeah famously like anti shark week can you speak on that for me
2: the big problem with shark week uh which for those if if there's anyone who's listening to a podcast about sharknado who doesn't know what shark week is it is a long-running series of supposedly educational documentaries about (laughs) sharks on the discovery channel and uh, it is just a, a dumpster fire of misinformation <laughs> and worse. Uh, you are, you would de- it, It's just shocking how much wrong information is there. I can share with you uh, an article that I wrote for the Washington Post about the legacy of it on its 30th anniversary. Uh, if you have show, a show notes page or something. But it is, uh, it is not popular among, uh, <laughs> among scientific experts.
1: Wow.
0: Man. I'm so, it makes me so happy to hear this because, and I'll be honest with you, I've never been a huge Shark Week guy. I love documentary, I love nature documentaries, Planet Earth, all this stuff. But Shark Week, I I, I can't really get into because, yeah, it seems like the reality show of nature documentaries. Does that make sense? Yes,
2: that's a great description of it. And in fact, they've had several of their, Discovery has had several of their long-running reality shows do Shark Week specials. My favorite of which is Naked and Afraid of Sharks 2. (laughs) Uh, because oh they made more God. than one naked and afraid of sharks. The premise of which is these people are naked and surviving on an island and there are also sharks. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, sci- quality science education, fun for the whole family.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't... I I can't imagine being shown, like, in science class, naked and afraid of sharks. It doesn't seem like it'd be, I don't know, packed full of information.
2: no. No, it's not. I think my favorite part of it is how the people get uh, masks and snorkels and fins but don't get, like, pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is great. Um, okay, well, I'm glad that you're here and and we won't be talking about uh, Shark Week. We're talking about Sharknado, which, uh, from what I understand, was a sci-fi movie. They're the ones who are responsible for this. And as much as we may make fun of it, it's wildly successful. And, like, you brought up Pre podcast, David, you were saying it's there's like a bunch of these now. There's like eight of them. There are
2: six. Six? It is an absolute full blown franchise. Of and these movies, Sci Fi makes these creature feature Saturday Night movies um, all the time, and they do not become part of pop culture zeitgeist. Uh, this was, e- everyone involved was surprised at how popular this became. <laughs> sure. Uh, and there, there is a great article uh, on the science fiction channel, or on sci-fi.com, uh, an oral history of the Sharknado franchise, which is actually some of my favorite pop culture writing that I've ever read about anything. Wow. Uh, and it's, it's all about how nobody involved Thought this was going to be anything. Ian Ziering, one of the stars, famously didn't tell his friends and family that he was in it, uh. right? Uh, the, when it was airing, and then they were, started watching. The sh- everyone started watching because everyone else was watching and talking about on social media. Oh my god! Turn on the Sci-Fi Channel right now. This is amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I and, read a little bit about how it started also, and they were saying Twitter was a huge. Uh, yeah, I don't like. Yeah, like they were tweeting out before the movie came out and getting tons of retweets, and I don't know a lot of people were chiming in about the log line or something like that so that yeah. like the day it hit it was like already in the zeitgeist like already huge
2: yeah there's another great article uh, about this called the first great movie of twitter uh, wow. that was, that was a, Twitter was a huge part of this. And at the time, uh, it got tweeted about more than 600,000 times, which is twice as many as the Red Wedding episode of Game of Thrones got, oh uh, when God. it aired. Wow. So this was a, a full-blown social media pop culture phenomenon. I've been on Twitter for, uh, since 2009, which means I remember when Twitter used to be fun <laughs> and Twitter used to be fun because of stuff like this.
0: Right. Yeah. God. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So I guess Hannah, you weren't part of the uh, Twitter Shark um, Extravaganza.
1: No, I didn't have a relationship with it. Uh, but I felt like there was a time where you kind of couldn't escape it, even if you hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Sharknado was very, it was very much around. Um, and I, you know, my interest was peaked because you know I do have love for Tara Reid, um, mm-hmm. and I think. I, and I want some justice for her. I think she's a great comedic actress. If you ever watched Josie and the Pussycats, like
0: I mean, listen, she killed it in this movie. I mean, what was your what was your experience watching this, Anna?
1: Um. Well, I mean, I everyone is on edge in, in the weirdest ways, including the sharks.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, especially it, the sharks.
1: You know, it was like so. You know, first, like when we first are introduced to the Tara Reed character, she's like her estranged husband calls her, and she's just like, "What is this about money?" He's like, "No, it's about like the actual hurricane and the sharks that are like coming to your house." What is this even about? Like, he's just he just said, <laughs> and, you know, like, "You're on." <laughs> yeah, she's mom.
0: instantly pissed. That's
1: yeah. True. And so, and as far as the sharks go, from from moment one, they're like caught up in a hurricane, and yet, are they hungry?
0: I mean, that was a huge question, yeah, that I had for for Dr. Schiff, if you don't mind me nicknaming you uh, already.
2: I've I mean, been called worse.
0: <laughs> I, my main question is, like, would sharks instantly be biting people and trying to eat them just because they, like, landed nearby?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, no. Uh, sharks <laughs> don't normally bite people. Uh, some uh, there are... if, if if you talk to a lot of shark scientists, you'll see we all have our favorite st- relative risk of death statistics, mm-hmm. which is a great sign that you're a well-adjusted adult. <laughs> uh, but my my favorite one of these is more people are killed in a typical year falling off cliffs while trying to take selfies than are wow. killed by sharks. Wow! Uh, this, oh, so, but so there's this this long-standing shark exploitation genre of, of, of sharks, bad movies with sharks biting people, they trace, it traces back to the 1950s. Mm. And movies like Jaws, uh, which, unlike, unlike Sharknado, are actually no, good, <laughs> uh, abs- <laughs> terrified a generation. My parents right. said that the summer Jaws came out, they didn't want to go swimming in the pool near where they grew up. <laughs> wow. And movies like Sharknado and Six-Headed Shark Attack and Sharktopus vs. Whale Wolf, movies like these, I <laughs> Sorry, don't think they have second? that. Si- you, yes, those you, are all real.
0: What did, What was that last one for me?
2: <laughs> Sharktopus vs. Whale Wolf.
0: Okay.
2: Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Yes, you you, you heard. No, you heard me right. Uh, is that those movies, I think they don't have the same impact on public perception of sharks. Uh, as Jaws did, but there's actually something called the Jaws effect in the peer-reviewed public policy literature, uh, because because of how well that movie portrayed a real-life political thing, that the mayor in Jaws famously didn't close the beaches after there were shark bites, mm-hmm. and real-life political figures don't want to be seen as the mayor from Jaws, so they want to. There's a bias towards doing something in response to a. Uh, a perceived threat, and that's actually called the Jaws effect. There is no Sharknado effect. Sharknado does not have that level of understanding, and that's it. Part of the reason why uh, these movies became so unexpectedly popular in the creature feature genre is they just absolutely nailed the walking the line between um, not taking itself too seriously right. because it's obviously silly, but also not just being slapsticky uh, and not take and no one even none of the actors even trying uh if you watch mm, right. a lot of movies in this genre and i have oh my god uh mo- <laughs> many of them either take themselves way too seriously for the concept like six-headed shark attack or are so over oh, so slapsticky silly like santa jaws uh wow. that, that it's it's hard to watch because it's it's like trying to be a comedy but not quite enough but yeah. sharknado nailed the tone
0: I agree with you. Um, I think that that's an incredibly difficult balance beam to walk on. And somehow, yeah, they, they accomplished it because you can tell at certain moments in the film that they're laughing with you. Mm-hmm. which is rare, yeah, for for the genre. Um, but then, you know, there's this moment where, like, George, this uh, old guy who's totally, by the way, a perv creep and just gets away with it somehow. Yeah. Um, the Nova, like, laughs it off, and he's, like, touching her. made me very... Un- <laughs> His character made me very uncomfortable, but he, mm-hmm. when he's eaten by the shark, he just, like, kind of looks right at the camera and yells, oh, crap. And huh. that was... And it was pretty early on in the film, and that kind of gave me the first hint or like wink of like yeah we we get it this is insane
1: yes but then there's also dialogue where he's like why don't you ever talk about your scar and she's like it's it's nothing I don't want to talk about it and then she says something like I just really hate sharks but you can never know why and it's like you know.
2: <laughs> there's an element of mystery right you want to learn more I think you got, what could it possibly be from that mystery
1: I think you got bit by a shark nova it's okay <laughs> talk about it or don't, i don't
2: know <laughs> yeah
1: and
0: and her reasoning for not talking about it was that it's totally like not cool and that's so cool are you right? kidding <laughs> bit by a shark that's badass
1: yeah
0: um okay so let's try to take this beat by beat i guess i you know we're not going to go through the entire plot of this if you haven't seen it just see it it's it's ridiculous gather some friends have some drinks i'm sure there's various drinking games you could make out of this um so one of the first things that struck me is that they're on this boat in the beginning, this cold open of like hunting sharks, poaching sharks. And one of the the captain, I believe, says that there's 20,000 sharks migrating together. Mm-hmm. So and then we have several sh- kind of wild shots of CGI, like squads of sharks. So how realistic is that? Like, you know, how many how many sharks are in a, a gang?
2: Yeah. So it varies by species. And there are over 500 species of sharks. Ethan, you said you grew up in South Florida. Is that right? I did. So off the coast of Palm Beach every year, there's a huge gathering of tens of thousands of blacktip and spinner sharks mm. um, that the, you see those amazing shots from helicopters off the beach. Uh, so that, that definitely happens. It's not really a migration so much as an aggregation. They're getting together, mm. but they're not moving far from one place to the other. Uh, but there are certainly many types of sharks that do migrate vast distances, but most of them tend to be loners. Uh, the record for migration is a shark that swam from South Africa to Australia, and uh, if you look at a map, that's pretty damn far.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds far. Um, okay, so that, that part is a little far-fetched then, I guess. A little iffy. Yeah, but most of the movie is solid, but
2: that... Yes, oh, <laughs> gold.
1: Wait, doctor... Okay. As
2: as good educational content as Shark Week. <laughs>
1: I have a question about different species, because every once in a while they'd pan to like a hammerhead in there, mm-hmm. and I feel like the hammerhead is like the token friend of the shark group. It's like, would would there be more? Would there not be hammerheads? What's the deal with hammerheads?
2: Hammerheads are amazing. Uh, the reason why they have that shape is uh, there's a few, re- few things that they do with that strange head. Uh, So sharks have senses that we don't have. They have all the senses that we do have. They can see, they can hear, they can taste, they can touch, they can smell. But they also have a sense we don't have. They can sense electricity. And that's useful both for navigating in the open ocean, they can sense the Earth's magnetic field, But also to find prey that's hiding under the sand, even if you can't see it or hear it or smell it, hammerheads know it's there because they can sense the electricity given off by its beating heart, Uh, (gasps) which I think is pretty cool.
0: So wait, hammerheads do that specifically or all sharks do that?
2: All sharks do that to some extent, but hammerheads, wow. why they have that strangely shaped head, it's extra surface area for that sense. So you'll <laughs> often see hammerheads sweeping their their snooth over the seafloor, almost like uh, someone at the beach with a metal detector.
0: Oh my god.
2: Um, and they also use that, uh, that strange head shape to pin down flat prey, like stingrays or flounder or <laughs> things like that, so it can't get away, and then they can just sort of munch on it. It also helps them turn. Uh, so it's it's uh, really cool stuff. I do love hammerheads. I worked with some of them during my PhD.
0: Are they uh, a violent species? Aggressive species?
2: There are, uh, generally speaking, sharks are not just something you need to worry about. There have been some cases of sh- of hammerheads biting humans, but their mouths are so small relative to the size of their head mm. uh, that they can't do a whole lot of damage. Wow. Uh, they they are uh, great hammerheads and are unfortunately critically endangered. Uh, because of humans but there i i don't know how many times a great hammerhead has bitten a human but you know, maybe five or ten ever
0: mm. wow so wait when when is it something to worry about then what do you have to be doing in and around to this shark in order to piss it off so that it bites you
2: so most of the time when you're in the water with a shark it's gonna just swim away from you really fast i've been swimming with sharks all over the world and I take pic- try to take pictures, and all of my pictures are of the tail of a shark beating really <laughs> fast at the edge of the camera's range, because that's normally what they do when they see a person. Mm-hmm. Um, when when there are bites, and there's 50, 70 bites a year in the whole world, um, they, we don't know exactly what causes it, but often there's low visibility, so they, might, they see there's something there, but they don't know what it is. Um, a lot of surfers that are bitten from below they look a lot like seals which are the preferred prey of the great whites mm. uh, there are some cases where people are spear fishing so they're holding a bleeding fish and the shark comes in to try and get that oh. um, and there's some cases where we just have no idea but this is generally speaking again more people die taking selfies than are killed by sharks in a year but uh, you you mentioned um hannah that that there are some unusual species of sharks featured in the Sharknado, and this gets better and better throughout the series. <laughs> oh. uh, many of the many of the producers talk with shark science geeks, including myself. And there's some super rare species that are featured in there, and they're featured anatomically accurately, which is something that you do not always find in these types of movies. There's little winks and nods to their, they know that their audience includes some shark PhDs.
0: Wow, okay. Well, I mean, is there a specific, like, I don't know, super unique shark in this, uh, in this Sharknado?
2: Man, I, I've watched them all so many times that they kind of blur together. Uh, but there are some deep sea ones that are featured later. Uh, there's a whale shark that lands on someone and just kind of smushes them. Uh, there's there's all kinds of species diversity. I think someone counted and there's like 70 species of sharks featured in the various movies.
1: But, like it's, but it's like crazy for them all to hang out, right?
2: It would be unusual for them to be right next to each other. They might be on the same reef or in the same bay or things like that. Mm -hmm. They don't scare each other off, but they don't seek each other out. Right. And if they're feeding, then you'll see these multi-species groupings a lot. Uh, and related to that, there's a you don't have to worry about sharks in general when you're at the beach. But a common myth I hear is if you see dolphins when you're at the beach, it's safe to go in the water because sharks are afraid of dolphins. No, they're not. Uh, if you see dolphins <laughs> near the beach, they're feeding. And sharks are right under them feeding also because they eat the same stuff.
0: <laughs> How did the complete opposite rumor get started? that's wild um okay so when when we come back from the break i'm gonna ask what everybody's thinking how likely is it that these sharks get scooped up by heavy winds and thrown into your car
1: yes dying to know the break is over here we go back to the show about science
0: okay we are back and we're talking about raining animals this has happened uh, several times in real life. I read they mention one of them in the movie uh, Alice Springs. I guess is the name of this town where it's happened before. Do you do you know about this, Dr. Schiff?
2: Yeah, there have there have been cases where animals have been scooped up in a storm and sort of dropped down over a town. Uh, this has happened with some small fish as well as some other things. Uh, is a, is a is a tornado strong enough to pick up a shark? Sure, uh, but would it be picking up hundreds of sharks and they would all be still alive at the time that they're landing on people that would, that would probably not occur.
0: <laughs> that, was, that was one of my main <laughs> issues with the movie a little uh, bit. I, yeah, I can't other, believe other it. than
2: that, it's totally accurate.
0: I can't believe all these sharks are fine when they hit the ground. I mean, they hit the ground running, they hit the ground and they're not at all like discombobulated. Like they're ready to go.
1: They're starving.
0: They're hungry as hell. (laughs) Good point. Could
1: you imagine getting scooped up and then like thrown around? And even if there were like hamburgers or something that I think is really delicious flying around me, my first thought would not be to like eat whatever's around me. I'm like, why am I in the air?
0: Let me grub up because I don't know the next time I'm going to have food. I could get sucked up again and I need to I need to carve up.
1: Yep.
2: (laughs) They also can't like breathe out of water.
1: Oh, yeah
2: <laughs> other, other than that though, oh, yeah no. by the end of the movie, it's been like hours of them being in this this tornado and they're fine and that's uh yeah right how how
0: long <laughs> could they stay out of the water?
2: Not especially long. Uh, it depends on the species. But uh, when we do shark research workups, we try to get the animals back in the water within five minutes or so. And we also use a water pump so they're breathing the whole time. Mm. Oh. So certainly not ours. How long could you hold your breath if un- underwater? Right. That's what uh, I was going to say. Like do.
0: It sounds super similar to, to us. Yeah. Maybe almost as if we all evolved from the same thing or something.
2: Um, no. There are some species that can, that can actually gulp <laughs> air, but not very many
1: that's cool what if okay i'm gonna pitch a movie called person that's an inverse <laughs> nato where we get propelled into the water no it won't work because we can't we don't have the teeth no nope, never mind
0: <laughs> no but wait make us in the movie like super aggressive with super sharp teeth and sharks are the ones that are human like like they talk you know they speak in english and like we just grunt and try to eat people and try to eat sharks i'd watch that <laughs> okay
2: That's interesting. I think I I have watched that. I've seen so many of these movies.
1: (laughs) I
0: was gonna say, like, if they're already made six, I don't know how much more they can do without going this route. Hannah, you might want to get on this.
1: Right, get back in the water, and (laughs) then people people NATO with the tagline. Enough said.
0: (laughs) Enough said. Yeah, true. Um, okay, so my my other question about the sharks landing all of a sudden, you know, and, and eating and stuff. Like, wouldn't some of them land upside down? And if so, <laughs> they become immobilized? Isn't that what happens with sharks?
2: Yeah, so that's uh, called tonic immobility. Basically, if a shark is upside down, they sort of pass out. Uh-huh. And uh, right. this is... the If you sometimes hear humans that have been in a, a car accident or something, they describe... I could hear everything that was happening around me, I could see everything that was happening around me, but I couldn't move and I couldn't speak. This is that same physiological reaction of it's your body saving energy for a burst of fight or flight later. Uh, there are some scientists and aquarium veterinarians that use this tonic immobility to safely uh, do research on sharks. I've never been a, a part of a team that does that. But there are also some idiot scuba divers that do it because they think it looks funny to see a shark fall on its back. Uh, don't do that. That's yeah. wildlife harassment.
0: Do you not use that in your experiments and research because it's, it, it could be immoral?
2: Uh, it's not. It's not immoral. It's. It's just not necessary for the type of setup that we have because uh. we have this water pump. Um, not only does that allow the shark to breathe while we're while we're doing research on it, but it also gives their mouth something to do, mm-hmm. uh, so that they can bite down on something that's not my interns. <laughs> Sure. I mean,
0: it seems like it would be the wiser move also because they're not storing this fight-or-flight thing. I mean, that sounds like an intense experience.
2: Yeah, it's it's not great. Uh, it's better. Generally speaking, when you're doing research on wild animals, the goal is to get them, get it done as quickly as possible and get the right. animal released as quickly as possible. Because mm-hmm. almost nothing you can do to them is as bad for them as just keeping them out of the water. So... Sometimes uh, you see these images of scientists that it looks like they're manhandling the shark and being pretty rough, but get just doing that and getting the research work up over with and getting the animal back in the water is much better for the animal than uh, being sort of gender with how you handle it and keeping it out of the water for longer.
1: Mm.
0: Got you. Okay. Um, well, uh, when we get back from the break, I need to ask about everybody's favorite topic: global warming. We'll be right back. <laughs> is over here we go back to the show about science we're back and get your party hats and confetti out we're talking about global warming they mention in the movie that it is causing these wild storms uh, cyclones hurricanes in california um tornadoes in california and so i just wanted your take basically on on global warming and what what you think we can actually do like what's the biggest step we can take to uh rectify this uh como se dice horse crap
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so climate change is a is a big problem and it absolutely does disrupt weather patterns it leads to more storms weirder storms more severe storms storms in unexpected places uh does that mean that sharks are going to be flying through the air probably not (laughs) but uh it's it absolutely, uh, that what I appreciate about these movies, and I actually pitched a, a series of articles at one point uh, for a pop culture website about like one true thing from each of these bad movies. Yeah. I appreciate that the general premise of this is humans are just messing with the atmosphere, and that's making weird storms more likely. Therefore, yeah. Sharknado. Uh, that last part's not really true, but the rest of it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's been several documentaries. I try to stay informed on this stuff, uh, especially when I have to talk to somebody like you, Dr. Schiff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I get the feeling that some of these are not as accurate as they claim. Um, for example, I saw one recently that was saying that, like, commercial fishing is, like, the biggest uh, reason that the oceans are, are under attack and that we're losing life in the oceans.
2: Is it a sea spirit? Yes, Oy. I know. Uh, so I am actually limited in what I can say about that because they called out one of my employers by name, but oh. it is, uh, I can tell you that it is not a reliable source of fact-based information about ocean conservation.
0: Okay, I i thought this while watching, first of all, and secondly, I am still concerned on what is, you know, in your opinion, the the biggest thing that we can do because I certainly don't want to... You know, promote a, a a nonprofit that isn't doing doing right by the ocean.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, if your goal is protecting sharks in general, uh, climate change is actually not the biggest threat to sharks. It is a big threat to lots of ocean animals, especially coral reefs uh, and the many animals that depend on those. Uh, there is a great movie that's a Netflix original called Chasing Coral okay. uh, that's all about how climate change is is uh, basically boiling coral reefs. Really. Uh, so that climate change is absolutely a threat to lots of ocean animals. It's just not especially a threat to sharks because they can just move. If it's if it or most species can. Uh, if it's if where they are is suddenly too hot, they can just go a few hundred miles farther north, and then it's it's fine.
1: They're just doing what Ben Shapiro tells them to do. Yeah. Remember we, if ever, if Florida's sinking? Why don't everyone just move?
2: Well, yep. sharks can
1: do that. So. <laughs>
2: The uh, so this idea of sharks and climate change is actually the source of uh, my least favorite thing about living in Washington D.C., which is a Metro ad. Our public transit system has this series of ads about why you should take public transit because it's good for the good for the environment, and most of them are great. Uh, but they have one that says climate change makes shark attacks more likely. Say, oh, no. uh, uh, take Metro, and like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> And I've been trying, uh, I was featured in a uh, uh, the DC area NPR station interview about this. They interviewed me in front of one of these Metro ads and they Whoa. told me to be like all serious about why it was ridiculous. Uh, but this Metro ad has been my white whale during my last couple years of living here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I totally get why that would be frustrating. People just loop in sharks to anything like dangerous, and deadly, and that's not the case. Go, go easy.
1: That's such a weird, like there are so many reasons to take public transportation. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> so why are we bringing sharks into this?
2: It's very strange.
1: <laughs> someone has someone who hates sharks.
2: Uh, for that ad, I actually interviewed about a dozen of the world's leading uh, scientists on how climate change and ocean acidification affects the ocean. And fish behavior, and I just showed them this ad, and one person said it's this—that's the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and one person said he literally spit out his coffee all over his computer and had to spend half an hour cleaning it. <laughs> uh, so there are. Uh, so if, in terms of you asked about nonprofits, uh, my go-to shark conservation nonprofit is called Shark Advocates International. Okay, uh, it's sharkadvocates.org uh, at Shark Advocates on Twitter and Facebook. Um, they do a lot of great work to protect sharks and it's a small, it's science-based, it's a small organization, so donations go a long way, uh, but yeah, climate change is definitely something that we should be very concerned about for a lot of reasons, but it, it's just not that big a deal for sharks. Got you.
0: Okay, cool. And I appreciate, yeah, shouting out where where we can go to help the sharks out. Um, of course, you know, I can't partake in that because I got to have my shark fin soup, man. You know, first thing in the morning, I just want a big, big bowl. <laughs> of hot shark fin soup it's just mm-hmm. the best and there's nothing like it
1: <laughs> yum
0: yum um yeah that's it sounds so good and i as much as i've spoken to experts about it and done my own sort of research i still don't get why it's so appealing and people just need to have it and need to pay top dollar for this yeah stupid it's, a, soup. it's a
2: cultural <laughs> thing uh that the 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 shark the the fin ray elements that are what what is the shark fin contribution to it they become almost like a noodle like substance mm-hmm. so they don't have any actual flavor right uh, it's the the broth itself that's supposedly delicious but it's it's a cultural thing and it started centuries ago I always forget which dynasty uh, it is, but uh, one one of the big ones uh, in ancient China, uh, and it was a it was symbolic of mastery over nature. That I want a, a a dish made with an egg from an eagle that lives on the highest mountain peak, right. and a soup made from the beasts that live in the deepest part of the ocean, and things like that. And for centuries, it was part of the emperor and his court and their traditional meals. And the the issue became in the 1980s, uh, with the huge economic expansion of China and a booming middle class, suddenly hundreds of millions of people wanted to say, "Look at me! I'm as rich as the emperors used to be." Oh,
1: ah.
0: yeah, we don't need shark fin soup. Get over it. Um, I also, speaking of things that really bother me, there was a. Did you guys notice the close-up shots of the Hummer's wheel and the no. repeated <laughs> and the repeated use of this shot of the bomb being lit? Do you know what I'm talking about, Hannah?
1: Uh, wait.
0: Every Ugh. time they, like, spark up the bomb, like, before they drop the bomb into the tornado, it's, like, the it's the exact same close-up shot of this thing turning on. And then while they're in their car, which is for way too long, like, there's such a large percentage of this movie that they're in this Hummer. Right. And, and when they're turning and stuff, it keeps cutting to this crazy close-up of the wheel, like, as if the camera's, like, on a GoPro... You know, uh, attached to the car.
1: Yes, was, uh, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: anyways, it was just driving me berserk. I couldn't believe it.
1: <laughs> and run over the shark head again. These sharks—they got scooped up. They're victims too.
0: Yeah, the, the, the sharks are the victims of this movie. I don't care how many people they eat unnecessarily.
1: Yeah, this is the contempt for the sharkies—it's just—it's corny.
0: Yeah, I i mean, a shark attacks the car. I remember at one point he, like, comes through the roof, which seemed really wild. A lot of wild stuff in this movie, um, including towards the end here, which I guess is probably, like, the most memorable kind of climactic scene where our hero gets swallowed by a shark while holding a chainsaw, yeah. and then they think that he's dead, but then, of course, he chainsaws his way out of the shark's stomach. So... Yeah.
2: Well, it's certainly a climactic scene in the movie. Um, So sharks do often swallow chunks of food whole, uh, but uh, uh, usually not a whole animal, but would be a big chunk. They don't really chew their food. They take a giant Mm -hmm. bite and and swallow it, uh, and it digests really, really fast, so much so that uh, there's a lot of science that's called stomach content analysis, basically trying to figure out what animals eat by looking at what's inside their digestive tract because mm. you can't just follow them all the time and just watch them eat. Mm. And it's really hard with sharks because it digests really fast and you get, if it's been in their stomach more than a day or two, it's just this unrecognizable goo other Whoa. than a few random bits of bone. Ew. And it smells about as lovely as you'd imagine.
0: Uh. Oh, no. So, wait, when would this process start then because if this guy's in the shark's stomach for a couple minutes sounds to me like he might have a problem
2: he would not be unscathed from that Uh, that's a pretty strong acid he probably you could you might be able to survive that but there's also like no oxygen but the uh the you being exposure to strong acid is uh not great for human skin
0: (laughs) doesn't sound like it yeah
1: (laughs) well also like nova's been in there a minute
2: yeah
0: Oh, my God. Great call. She was in there for a while. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Wow. But she she seemed totally fine. Yeah. She's, like, hot enough for his son to, like, kind of give her a weird hug. I thought they were going to kiss.
0: I know. Yeah, same. Yeah. I I was also thrown off by who was kind of interested in who. Did that happen to you as well?
2: Oh, keep watching the other movies and it gets bananas.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, all the vibes are off, like... (laughs) <laughs> we're we're in this crazy situation, and then yet there's like it's not a sexy time. Uh, no, and yet the there are vibes. There are um, yeah. First she's into the Finn, and then she's into his son, and it's
0: and then Finn at the end is all of a sudden into Tara Reid, which I didn't see coming at all. That was a twist for me.
1: Yeah, I also didn't see. I didn't see where they were coming from, especially like. As the movie goes on, I mean, we don't know why, but it seems like Finn is a really bad dad. Yeah. Um, Like, his daughter doesn't want to go with him. He doesn't even know that his kid's in flight school.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's not (laughs) keeping good tabs.
1: And he's like, why didn't you tell me? And it's like, oh, because my mom's boyfriend said I shouldn't. And I listened to him. Like, (laughs) (laughs) probably a bad dad.
0: (laughs) I mean, by comparison, though, her new dad seems really bad.
2: Not a lot of likable characters, no.
0: Oh, yeah. I hated his friend, too. What was his friend's name? Like, Baz?
1: Oh, yeah. The Australian guy, Baz. The
0: Australian guy? Sorry. I think he was supposed to kind of be comic relief. Also hated him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't help it. Okay, so I I also was wondering about this quote, um, which actually is said by this Australian guy, Baz, I think his name was. They're building these bombs with the plan Mm -hmm. of Going up into the helicopter, throwing bombs into a tornado. All of this, sure. all of this, decided on very pretty, quickly. By the way, pretty solid
2: science. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That I mean, listen, dude. That is my question. Unfortunately, Baz <laughs> comes over and he says, "Tornadoes happen when cold and hot air meet. A bomb might equalize that."
2: Uh yeah i don't know enough about meteorology to comment there it certainly doesn't sound right but i know (laughs) we used to do some pretty strange things uh with surplus military equipment trying to control hurricanes uh that has more to do with temp that has to do with water temperature Mm. but no there were i i i wish i knew more about this because it's a good question and it certainly uh, raised my eyebrows, but I don't know enough about it to know for sure that it's nonsense. And there's certainly enough in the movie that's not nonsense <laughs> that it gives me pause. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. What I mean, what were they trying to do with, with hurricanes?
2: There were There were plans that I hope were never actually tested of dropping a nuclear bomb in the center of one to try and dissipate it.
1: Oh, my God. Wow.
0: I heard also that, and I didn't know this until this morning, if it's true, that you can tell how old a shark is by counting the rings on their vertebrae. Yes. That's true?
2: Correct. Whoa. Uh, That is true. So the same way you tell how old a tree is, the way that that works is there are seasonal patterns in how much food is available. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that means they grow at a consistent rate and... part of the year, and they grow slower in another part of the year, and that leads to this ring pattern, like what you would expect on a tree, and that is how you tell how old the shark is. You cut him in half, and you count the ring.
1: Wow.
0: Oh, my Lord. I hate that you have to cut him in half first.
1: <laughs> how old can sharks get?
2: The long the, So there is a shark that is the longest-lived vertebrate animal of anything, and that is called the Greenland shark, and they can live to be about 400. <gasps> Whoa! Uh, yeah, crazy, right? They also eat polar bears, which is pretty cool. Oh my
0: god! What? Wait a minute! Oh my
2: god! So polar bears swim, uh, and they they sometimes drown. In which case, they'd be really, really easy to uh, to par or to scavenge. But in, so no one's ever seen this happen. But we've seen polar bears in uh, Greenland shark stomachs. These are Arctic animals. Oh my god! And also. Um, In my mind's eye, a polar bear that's swimming is pretty vulnerable to getting slurped from below. Yeah,
0: (laughs)
1: absolutely. I've never thought about a polar bear getting slurped, but we are. Welcome to the show. It's giving me a lot to think about, Dr. Schiff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. Um, We were talking about like popular shark species before with the hammerhead, um, and they mentioned tiger sharks in this movie. So i was trying to look up different stuff about different species and i came across basking sharks which mm-hmm. i had never heard of before i never saw a movie where they're talking about basking sharks and yeah. yet they're fascinating and like humongous right
2: they are they're the second biggest fish we're talking 30 they can be 30 40 feet long uh for me they are the one that got away i spent a day trying to go snorkeling with them after a conference in scotland and we did not see any. And the next day, as I was flying home, uh, the the tour operator emailed us and he said it was the most basking sharks they've ever seen. <gasps> they saw like forty of them at once. Oh no! Uh, no! And it's, ugh, I just have to go back to Scotland.
0: Oh my god! So that's where they hang out. They're Scottish.
2: They are in a lot of places. You do see them off New England. You see them off the mm. Pacific Northwest. But there is a regular sighting spot of them off the Hebrides Islands in Scotland. And we went, after a conference, a bunch of marine biologists decided to go look for basking sharks, and we did not see any to my eternal regret. Aww. Do
0: you and um, your shark boys, as I assume you call yourselves, <laughs> uh, have like a big year type ordeal, like the way that people do with the bird watching, where you're trying to see all these sharks?
2: There isn't an equivalent of that. And I, I've learned that I am weird for counting how many species of sharks I've seen. Wow. Uh, people sort of keep track of how many they've worked with. Uh, but I have seen 54 species counting going wow. snorkeling on vacation, counting going to aquariums. Um, and there are about 530, I think, according to the, the, the issue, the latest edition of Sharks of the World. Um, there are, But there, people don't really keep track the way that birders do.
0: Okay, so I also read that sharks don't have bones and that they're made of like the same <laughs> tissue that our ears and, and the tip of our noses are made out of.
2: Yeah, actually right before uh, I did this interview with y'all, I was talking to a group of second graders and I had mm. them, uh, something I always do with kids that adults sometimes also think is neat. So hold your arm out in front of your face, okay. pick a point about halfway between your wrist and your elbow and try to bend your arm. Hopefully you can't. That's bone. It's very strong, but it's not very flexible. And then crinkle your ears, crinkle your nose. That's cartilage. That's what shark skeletons are made out of. And stingrays and skates and chimeras also. Uh, It's much more flexible. It heals a lot faster, and it's lighter. Uh, And that is the main difference. So sharks are fish but they are a different group of fish than something like a bass or a tuna. Those are the bony fish. Mm-hmm. And the shark, skates, rays and chimaeras are the cartilaginous fish, the other big group.
0: Man, that is so cool and again ties us to
2: sharks. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like we're kind of made of the same stuff, just in different parts. And if we try to breathe what the other one breathes, uh,
2: but you're going to have a bad day.
0: You <laughs> have a bad day. A short day.
1: Your last day.
0: <laughs> your last day, yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry, sorry mate. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate.
0: <laughs> um Well, speaking of uh, us goofing off, uh, we're out of time. But <laughs> Hannah, where can people find you? Stay up to date with your goings-ons. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I'm on I'm on Twitter uh, at puking crone. Uh, I'm also on like TikTok and Instagram, Harnar Gargar, just like normal, good usernames. Um, and that's kind of it. Cause yeah, we're still kind of waiting to see what's going to go on. Oh, you know what I do do to sometimes on Instagram with my roommate, Dickie Copeland, who's a very funny, amazing improviser and writer. Um, we have a tarot show that we do sporadically on Instagram live where you can come on or not just watch and we'll read your tarot cards and it's fun and silly and a, a good time. So yeah. Wow.
0: Okay. That sounds super fun. Uh, I love that. And, uh, and yeah, I'll definitely be checking in to see if I can come to a show now that shows are real. Yes. Um, and thank you again for being on the show and watching Sharknado uh, on the show's behalf, our listeners' behalfs. uh, <laughs> and i hope that we continue this yeah. this path because uh dr schiff you're you're definitely you're kind of i don't know if you mean to do this but you're selling me on these sharknado movies mm. it's i guess
2: my job here is really done
0: i did not see myself thinking that um after watching the first one
2: but let, let me be clear to your listeners here they're not good <laughs> But they're very entertaining, and, and, and they're almost endearing.
0: Yeah. Well, and I like kind of the Easter egg hunt of it, you know, trying to find mm-hmm. exotic sharks or trying to find, like, oh, that's actually true. You know, that's kind of fun in and of itself.
2: Absolutely. And if you watch the later ones, they become because this became such a cultural phenomenon, they're amazing um, celebrity cameos. <gasps>
0: Ooh. Okay. Another selling point.
2: They get some real A-listers. It's bizarre. Wow. I
0: mean, who doesn't want to say that they're in a Sharknado movie? That's hilarious. I get it. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, Dr. Uh, David Schiffman where can people find you or, or is there anything you want to tell people about?
2: Sure. Uh, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Why Sharks Matter. I'm always happy to answer any questions that anyone has about sharks or ocean conservation or marine biology. I also have a book coming out early next year called Why Sharks Matter. Uh, and pre-orders are available starting in july
0: okay great well f- coming right up pre-order why sharks matter by dr david Schiffman, a true legend coming on our program um uh, f- somebody who's <laughs> shared this uh, some time in south florida and very wisely got himself out uh so you can trust him <laughs> and uh and yeah thank you both once again for being on the program i'll talk to you next time Bad Science is a seeker podcast produced by Emily Feld and me, Ethan Edinburgh. The executive producer is Brett Kushner. And our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver. But it does help. It makes sure people know about the podcast, which we really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Bye.